welcome to the podcast. Hello, everybody. This is Polarized Podcast. Glad to have you back. If you're joining us again, glad to have you with us because, you know, in the podcasting world, every episode could be a new episode for somebody. <laughs> but if it is, then let me tell you what this is all about. We are the Polarized Podcast crew and we are talking about polarizing movies. Polarizing movies in the sense of Rotten Tomato scores. Sometimes critics love it, audiences hate it, or vice versa. Those are the movies that we cover on this podcast. Today, we are talking about the glorious return of Nicolas Cage, Mr. Benjamin Gates in National Treasure 2, Book of Secrets, or Book of Seeks, as you probably hear us mention multiple times. That's that's our nice little colloquial for it. Uh, this movie is a 30 per, 36% rotten for critics and 67% uh, fresh-ish on uh, the audience side. It's a popcorn. Um, yeah. So to help me get into this, because this is just a podcast with me talking, I have my, what we call, uh, what we like to call him uh, the forever guest, but I also refer to him to as my co-host. <laughs> I hopefully more than the uh, the forever guess, but you know who's keeping score. Um, yeah, so I'm Brandon, and I would like to welcome to the pod James. Hi, hey. James. I'm the forever guest. I go around <laughs> with Brandon places outside of the podcast as well, and and just instead of saying, "Oh, this is this is my friend James," he just he just refers to me as, uh, "Oh, this is this forever guest of my life." <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's romantic and lifelong. Yeah, it is. It's a it's a change of pace. I mean, yeah, we like you know, it's about keeping things fresh, not just in tomato scores, but in language. And yeah. <laughs> forever guest in my heart. Yeah, forever guest in my heart. There's a residence yeah. there for there's for, a spot at the boys. table. Yes. Yep. Yeah, he's got, you know, we got a little card printed out that has your name on it, and it's always there on the table as we mm-hmm. uh, sit down to chew the fat on these movies that we do. Oh, um, yeah. And this is this it, is quite a movie. This is such a this is such a movie. And this is the Books yeah, of Book of Seeks podcast. And I'm so excited to to be back, baby. I never know oh, if yeah. you're gonna invite me back, which is which is why I'm the guest. But you invite oh. me every time, and I feel and I feel <laughs> very, very gracious about it. Trying to be in a trying to be a humble guest. Oh, great. Yeah. I, I mean, you're, yeah, it's hard. you're this place feels like home by now. <laughs> right. It's well, yes, absolutely. That's understandable because this is your home and like we're saving ah. a seat for you at the table. The house is ah. also your home. Well, ah. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, uh, book of seeks NT2 also, BOS. I shortened it. Nice. I like that. NT2 BOS. Yes. BOS. Yep. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so, um, yeah, it sounds so. I guess like, there's technical. not there's not even a two in the in the actual title. It's just national. There's title, not, which is kind of cool. It's such like an Indiana Jones thing. Yeah, right. Like, this, this is, is an episode. Version. Yeah, right. It's not two because this isn't necessarily yeah a continuation. It is a standalone story with the same characters, and this particular episode of <laughs> this franchise is uh, yeah, Book of Seeks. We're we're at it. Also, too, yeah, where this is the first episode of 2023. So, yeah. uh, happy, new happy New Year! Let's go. Bringing in, bringing in the new year with uh, a round uh, two. Second. Of, of a, <laughs> yeah. yeah, interesting, interesting, but yeah, it's a, yeah. It's, it I was, was seeing, kind of like uh, to be continued last episode, right? Yes, a holdover from uh, years past. <laughs> and then we could just where, have, we could have the dad joke that we could just naturally just put in there. You know, see you next year. See you next year. year. And here we are. And if this is your first yeah, episode, that would be interesting. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, we always say that, though. I feel like 
That is Wait, true. If you were to just, I guess it'd be interesting right, if this was right your last episode as well. Your first and your last. <laughs> yes. Uh huh. Wouldn't that be? Because that would be interesting to us. Because that would mean, well, okay, that <laughs> that person didn't like our flavor. Of, yeah. Or maybe of we just end it here. Something happens. Something. Something. Uh, something happens in this in this yes. episode that we just decide mm-hmm. to end it all. Yeah, the government comes in, busts through the door, oh, and no. takes us away because. We have watched a film that has our nation secrets in it and now oh, we know no. that you know uh th- that there's aliens um a lot of government conspiracies are true you know the, that that uh, that old how <laughs> old hard chestnut. must it have been for for our our good guy nick cage caster troy yeah. to uh look through that book of seeks and and bartha to be like oh i want to look at that oh i want he's like no no time no time how hard must have that his whole life revolves around seeks and finding said he, seeks mm-hmm, yeah it's, uh, for, for people who don't know uh, nicholas cage at a point was in a lot of financial troubles because he is obviously a crazy person and there's some uh glimmers of that in here more so than i think the last one which I found enjoyable. Yes. I always find enjoyable when Nicholas Cage is losing his mind. Yes. Uh, Cause he's very good at it. He's a very good person to, you know, to watch lose their mind. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so there was, he was in financial trouble at a point. I can't remember what year it was, but it comes out that the reason being is because he was spending an exorbitant amount of money on like dinosaur bones or like old curios. Oh, you like, mean national you know, treasures, Brandon? You mean <laughs> national he treasures. Was living yes, his life. Right. He was, he was <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> method acting as Benjamin Franklin Gates. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, yeah. Just totally LARPing as one of his characters. I, I, it is funny to think that the, this is the character that is most like him in real life. Cause yeah, it's uh, that's a great question. Cause he has so many characters yeah, and totally true. <laughs> elements of him in all of them. But yeah, which one would yes. be the one that's like most like him? This is, this has got to be close. Oh, uh, that would be the question to ask him. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. If you were to ask him in an interview and maybe he has answered this and we just haven't seen it, but like, yeah, to ask him like, who do you outside of obviously this, you know, his more most recent movie, maybe, I don't know if it's the most, most recent, but the um, unbearable weight of massive talent, mm-hmm. you know, obviously. Yeah. So that aside, I was going to say that aside, what, you know, which, which character does he uh, consider to be the most like him in real life? And yeah, it'd be funny if he's like, yeah, Benjamin Gates for sure. <laughs> yeah. Or just, uh, I, I don't know why my mind went immediately to vampires kiss, but that's just, uh, I think there's certain things there's- that, <laughs> Like that's that character's not like him, but that's a movie where no one told him no, really, or mm-hmm. the, the director didn't have the control or ability to tell him no. So in a way, there's right. like a lot of him like bled through, uh, no pun intended, and mm. uh, his like his like kind of funny because I think that is kind of his true nature, like the like at least in terms of his performative side of. I mean, maybe that's two different cages, his performance side and, and who he is as a home. I don't know who he is, uh, you know, just nor- normal cage. That'd be, that'd be cool to be buds. Maybe one day we could, that, that'd be great. But I think him like going wacko on the stairs is, is like true, true to form for, yeah. for, uh, mm-hmm. soon to be my best friend, uh, Nick cage. Yeah, absolutely. Cause yeah, to start getting into the movie, there's the scene where it is the, like, there's a lot of analogs in this, right. And we can kind of, t- I think it's worth mentioning when those happen, because obviously since the second entry into the franchise and this, I would contribute this to, to being a Disney property is mm-hmm. that they didn't take a lot of like this movie wasn't 
artistically that much different and narratively very, very similar. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of one-to-one analogs in this in, um, you know, in comparison or like the first movie that we covered last year. (laughs) Um, And yeah, that, that scene where they are in Buckingham palace. Yeah. God. Right. Um, Yeah. That was like the say that would be the one-to-one to to the heist of the party at the, is it the library? Mm, Yeah. Wherever the the gala, the gala where the declaration is held. Correct. So um, it's funny too because, like, there the the heist in this is in this in two book of seeks is worse noticeably than in the first one. But man, that scene where you get Nicholas Cage just yelling and screaming um, in public is uh, pretty wonderful. So <laughs> I know I don't know. It's like um, I wish that that was in the gala, but. Obviously, that wouldn't work because you're trying to be secretive and trying to go through and break in and get the declaration. So making it a huge scene would, um, yeah, would be counterintuitive. But yeah, I, I all I'm getting at is I wish that that the the energy and performance of the this movie's like heist, quote unquote, was in the first one because the first one's heist is obviously way better. <laughs> you know, it's like noticeably yes. better. Yeah, yeah. There, it, I think there that's definitely something we should check in on throughout the conversation of, you know, and I naturally between a sequel, we're going to do that of which one does yeah. it, does it better. But in terms of, yeah, I mean, just the heist alone. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they, they do like multiple ones in, in this one. And one is almost like just a repeat of the other one in terms of just getting the, getting the desk code and how you go about doing that. Um, but the whole declaration scene is, is like one of the better parts of the first one. Uh, and the overall story is, I, I shouldn't say easier to follow. I mean, these are both of the movies are pretty easy to follow and, and, and they're, and they're fun and everything. But in terms of this one is, is way more convoluted in terms of just what, what it's, what it's throwing at you and, and the reasons why the first one, uh, is, is streamlined in, in terms of what it presents to you, um, and what they're, mm-hmm. what they're trying to do, what they have, have to do. And there just seems to be like this one's a little frayed in, in, in terms of some of that because all the shit with like his family name, I found like to not really care that much about. Sure. Like, I don't didn't, really, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't really care. And it seemed incidental to the getting the actual treasure and going toe to toe with Ed Harris, which that's a that's a plus in this movie. I mean, I love Sean Bean, but getting Ed Harris for this one, I think was it was an excellent choice. And um, Bruckheimer's worked with him. Uh, in the past and everything and was kind of having them two together was like redo of the rock or, or whatever, having them going, going toe to toe and everything. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's it, it, like my overall feelings about, yeah, them, these two movies is I think they hit a pace in this one where I think the, the characters and the, and the actors, you can tell how comfortable they are. And the chemistry has, is really like set in. You can tell that they're having a lot of fun. And I think that they're back and forth. And everything works works kind of better in this movie, and I think Nick, Nick Cage, for that matter, is able to to run free a little bit more or, or do some fun stuff. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. and then Bartha, I'm kind of going through a lot of stuff. is is kind of better in this one too for being yeah. a little more subdued and not as you know kind of uh, one liner after one liner. Um, but the story, yeah, like I was saying, like the story in the second one is is just a little bit more convoluted and and less like 
to the point and um kind of very much suffer, so. suffers from that sophomore kind of kind of something that that way i guess um yeah but, you for know, sure I, I think they i think they meet a lot of the the needs of a sequel also yeah yeah i mean that's definitely fair because you get all this you know all the cast members are back they're having fun um they're you know in the same groove uh plot wise of you know having the opportunity to speak and give give one-liners and whatnot to things that are yeah similar to the first one but i agree because this movie in particular like really i started checking out in a lot of places because to the because of the point you made and i would make the same is that this includes more people in it and mm. that is to its de- unfortunately to its detriment plot and pacing wise mm-hmm. i'm i'm excited you know about ed harris and um helen mirren being in this right but it then like it it, it fractures and, and fucks up the pace because then you're spending like you know halfway a little bit even more halfway through the movie there's this whole you know helen mirren's introduced and then that has to be addressed of like relationship that she has with uh ben gates uh nicholas cage and john voight the father because like where has she been what has her her impact been and legacy been on the family and how does she just overall feel and a lot of that needs to be paid and it is paid in this movie i will give them that but then yeah you're spending a lot of time doing not on the trail necessarily or just or you lose like the you lose the thread and you lose the momentum of the trail and adventure that they're on because it is spending time doing that so and then also to ed harris's whole like motivations what he's doing really i think they kind of that isn't really fleshed out very much no no not at all because i mean let's just start from the beginning and get into it it's like yeah we so very like almost the identical beginnings is we have visually and what you know kind of this preamble to the actual plot of the movie um you know you get this flashback into a moment in uh in history and that sets up like an established where the book like what is the first like where is the thread coming from that is then followed to get to the book of secrets throughout the movie and i mean this movie looks that part looks awesome it looks sure. great and it made me think too visually the um because of oversaturation for sure and just some of the mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the yeah. camera work as well as it just reminded me so much too of um of pirates of the caribbean Absolutely, it looks so yeah. similar mm-hmm. and it just makes me think like that's that's the like the Bruckheimer or, you know, I know that John Turtle top directed this and it's not, and you know, uh what's his face directed um pirates of the caribbean not Bruckheimer, but that aesthetic is so interesting because it is just it's so similar like when you think of a big budget disney action movie they just have such a similar look to it and yeah yeah sure. it just i mean there was a scene i think it was in know. the first movie though i don't know if i mentioned it in the last episode where it does the music sting of pirates of the caribbean where it's like and it's kind of has that low flute kind of and and kind of tribal beat to it Mm -hmm. and when they're about to open the door into the church of the first one that that plays and there's even like the old pirate ship that they have to get in like at the beginning of the first one as well and um but and then the the period piece cold open in the in the first one compared to this one yeah i think those are situations that set up the movie well uh Although this one, yeah, I think it it does kind of leave you a little puzzled. I feel like a little puzzled as far as like it's I don't know. I just how much I how much I care about his 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 name and him being 
um and yeah, like everyone making such a big deal about it and people like seeing him and finding like on the street and being like hey you're the guy who killed lincoln fuck you man like was, i don't know that shit just didn't play well for me and and it i know i, I almost yeah, like i kind of appreciate them wanting to try to do something different like expand the plot expand yeah. the characters and all that stuff go bigger for the the sequel um while unnecessary it's you could just sidestep and go in a different direction and and go to different locations and and have that be it i think it yeah it's it starts to be a little a little bloated oh, and um reverse engineered almost it's this cold open it, kind of well like, it's gotta like, be like, yeah. i mean obviously <laughs> it uh, ha- obviously that's, has the, to be. Yeah. that's the point of a cold open but and, and the first one well, for that matter, but it's like, a, yeah but christopher Plummer telling a story just has i i said last episode just carries so much gravitas and conviction into bringing you into it and the power of storytelling to a child at at, at little young little young benjamin franklin gates um but this one is then transferred or like they cut into kind of this uh this ted talk but um i don't know if you wanted to explain exactly what happened it's kind of like it's assassination of of abraham lincoln and he's um his 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 ancestor is implied to be uh one of the co-conspirators um and possibly a member of what what was it called the kfc i forget yeah <laughs> the K, right like the, no like Something i don't like know some like confederate uh yeah mason give loyal lo- you know yeah like confederate loyalist group some type of like extremist group within the confederacy who was uh, also working with the fucking queen <laughs> do, you, do you remember that part where they're like yeah the queen was fucking working with them too yeah she right wa- she wanted to divide uh america and she uh mm-hmm and she wa- oh and she also wanted it for the cotton trade and all this it's <laughs> like this mm-hmm. is crazy man oh my god uh insane and, uh, but also i'm sure there's this this isn't as crazy as some of this the stuff even uh i mean i was just waiting for him to drop like and yeah and also the fucking earth man yeah everyone tells you it's a globe it's not it's, it's not fucking it's not a sphere it's it's fucking flat man it's flat it's in the book of secrets i'm telling you <laughs> <laughs> oh god yeah like well right and too i mean that what if that was in the book of secrets right yeah. there's just like um the world is actually flat and that's uh so what was i gonna say oh, about the and then point? we get into the oh, uh, talk and all that stuff but yeah yes yeah so i mean i was excited about the what time period we were in i was like really on board I'm like, oh cool okay civil war mm-hmm. that is a that makes so much sense as to like that's the next era you're tackling because we did revolutionary uh, you know times for the first one now we're doing civil war makes sense on board city i also really right which materializes a little bit later, so, but yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um yes road to so, el dorado <laughs> hello um Right. But then, like you said, and I agree, is that this movie loses me very quickly because he is giving um, Benjamin Gates, Nicholas Cage is giving a TED talk, co- co-TED talk with his dad. Mm-hmm. That's fun. Um, he like brings him up there. Oh, this is my dad. He helped me. And this is my dad. He helped me. You know, let's get into it. And it loses me almost instantly because uh, fundamentally what you're talking about, which is I guess just a testament to how poorly it's done because I understand why it's there because it's obviously like if you, you know, if you were part of the conspiracy to assassinate 
Lincoln, like having the society weigh in on that and having them be there, like that discourse be involved in like like affect you know your family impact you all of that is an interesting concept but it's just done so incredibly like haphazardly or or yeah just overall poorly because it really doesn't because i was just thinking about i'm like well first and foremost if this were to happen today like honestly who would give a shit Seriously. like if somebody were to like I guess if it's if some like the fam- number one treasure hunter that found this fucking national treasure a few years ago, I guess people would be like, oh, his family's actually like, I, but even then, I, I don't know. It's even just, then, like who's paying attention to treasure hunters in the news on a yeah. regular basis? I feel like know? that needs to get ju- wrapped up quick in like the first act, like wrap that shit mm-hmm. up quick and then move on to the treasure hunting. Right. You know, immediately once you find out. Because also too so much of this and i guess this is why i immediately start getting kind of lost and checking out of this movie quickly is that uh ed harris just stands up in the middle of a ted talk this was so weird yeah what is this grandstanding weird shit like uh older gentleman thinks that it's a good idea to just pause it without really any being able to really back anything up other than just having a old burnt piece of paper like this family is you know part of the um was part of the assassination plot and then just derails the talk and it's just so funny (laughs) too because he grandstands and goes like this family how could you you're part of i got this paper and it says you were part of this plan and then the way that they have to do is they have to then edit it where and cut and go okay well the talk is over now we have to stand (laughs) around a projector and like deal with this and it just was so stupid like why would why did it why did he have to you know why okay we understand why he did that because this is a movie that we're in so obviously it's much more dramatic for him to do it the way that he did but a man a man of his age and what he's trying to accomplish wouldn't just do that yeah you would it would be if anything it would be like um you know the gates are doing the talk and then they're at a at their hotel or at dinner and then he the, he approaches them yeah and has a conversation speech, with any them. normal movie any normal fucking conversation <laughs> yeah Right. Like, hey, you know, you can still be as aggressive and still be as like, hey, what the fuck? Like I you you guys, you know, were your can I take questions? How about some how about questions? Anyone (laughs) raise their hand for a question? You, sir, you seem to have a question. Yeah, I got a fucking question. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck your family. First of all, how dare you? right <laughs> insane absolutely insane yeah, that, so, that's, yeah. that's not the first time a, a scene like that just kind of is like what that's yeah it just what? i guess the plot needs to kind of get get moved along a bit or or whatever but they all gather around and they all look at this this uh ripped shriveled piece of paper um and then they have to like see if it matches the journal and if and, right. and connect it there and then the and then this whole kind of then that that's kind of the ending of the cold open right or is is the whatever it doesn't yeah, matter, yeah. and i would just say too like so what if a person's name was in the journal like <laughs> it just to me is another crazy situation where you're like i feel like there's a lot of information on the assassination of abraham lincoln and just because somebody's name's in a journal like i would assume that we would have already established a lot of the players in this because i don't know it's an important part of american history i'm sure people have spent and devoted their entire lives to figuring this stuff out like okay his name's in the journal so fucking what like 
how you're also inferring <laughs> like you're going beyond that you're inferring just because your name is in it then you have to be part of the plot to assassinate lincoln right because it's not i i don't know yeah he was listed next to names who were a part of it but again like big fat who cares like but it makes like front cool. page news like next to like oh, news about slow news day. And, like shit like whatever he yeah. like looks front page and looks at the just like oh yep there it is and we're we're fucking john it, it, john boy is, is uh maybe true to true to form is just stuck on stuck on fox news just <laughs> watching mm-hmm. everything like uh go down and 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 freaking out about it um yeah and then we get we which it doesn't even matter yeah none of no, that matters it, this this is the weakest aspect of of the no. movie is this whole plot line um to have it do with the assassination of abraham lincoln the opening scene in John Wilkes Booth, it's all fine. Like it, it's okay. And it and you can have it connect, but have that shit, in my opinion, if I were to tailor tailor it to my liking in some way, wrap it up in the first act. Like his state, you can you can stake him in the game in terms of finding the treasure with that. That's the risk and and the stakes at first, but then once he's in it and it's solved, it's like, oh, now we're in too deep. Now we gotta now we gotta figure this out because uh fucking ed harris you know whatever but then Mm -hmm. yeah yeah uh no totally because it also could have been like ed harris is again the sean bean character and instead of doing this grandstanding instead of having this element of like how does you know now society is uh, has this information that this family that i guess people care about are part were part of the assassination of abraham lincoln like why not just do the same thing that you did before and just have ed harris be a treasure hunter as well which we end up finding out and then that and he comes to the family and goes like hey i have this information uh can you help me like figure this out and then he turns on them and you have the same fucking story as the last one mm-hmm. and instead of dealing with all this weird like yeah um repercussions for potentially being part of the uh, abraham lincoln assassination it's stupid it doesn't it doesn't work and yeah and the movie doesn't handle it well i mean if anything we would be talking about it differently if like it really weighed on nicholas cage or john void to a degree where maybe it informed their character you know it tied that in somehow to mm-hmm. the the struggle that they had in the previous movie where it's like all these clues are just leading to other clues and this is a life that like is really like chasing ghosts and unfulfilling like you know maybe that comes back into play and that the their their name being in the book is a factor of like what if they were you know did have a part of the like were a part of the assassination to a degree and then really later later you find out oh well it was because he was you know trying to find this treasure whatever like something a little bit more nuanced but yeah all of that stuff doesn't work well and it's that yeah, would be interesting the yeah then that would make something that would be a challenging oh, thing for for him to to deal with deal with as as well yeah um, totally so yeah well <laughs> you know uh it's it just like it because I, w- I was even i was just thinking about how it just it just takes the wind out of its its own sails i think that whole that whole plot line and it kind of just and it almost and you it almost makes like the book of secrets incidental i guess for i'm maybe that's a no that's a different reason that it's incidental but it's weird how the yeah how they write the structure of the screenplay to make certain things as MacGuffin-y as it is, it just makes it when you finally find it and the reasons to find it, just not, maybe not as satisfying sometimes because when you actually, the reasoning for them to find the book of secrets and I am getting ahead, but is for like a screenshot. (laughs) It's like for a picture of a thing that they're missing from that 
the president's desk and it's not even mm-hmm. they, like all these the fucking se- all these fucking secrets are in there all these things these juicy things and they have to find like this like little scrap of about this other you know i mean i guess the city of gold's pretty fucking cool i i get it but it, it is oh for sure it's, it's, it's the biggest treasure uh, I, it was a weird way to work in even the title of of the movie the book of secrets and its purpose within it doesn't hold as much weight as you would want it to in a weird way like the 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 artifact itself does but its reasoning for being for being there doesn't um no totally that's an excellent point because i mean obviously we're jumping really far ahead yeah i'm sorry secrets does, <laughs> doesn't like materialize until BOS, like yeah. way, way 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 later but yeah my bad the BOS, yeah uh-huh no 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 uh, no it's good that you bring it up because that's Again, like we're we're talking about, you know, the first movie we heralded as really overall enjoying it because it was relatively simple and straightforward. And then the action that it did have occur during it was like cool. And so it's just unfortunate that the second movie, like almost from jump, you're just like, wait, what? Like, oh, this doesn't really matter. And then like, when is this like I thought that if anything, like the Book of Secrets maybe should have like been sooner and that's like the the like thing that guides them through all of yeah. the stuff to get to Eldorado. Oh, man, you know what dude. i mean that's too like much power the, yeah once you open that it's like oh all this jfk shit it's like oh we, uh, we can't get into this <laughs> sure but then don't like yeah, you're yeah. the one writing the movie <laughs> like, yeah, right and it's like then just don't <laughs> i mean you obviously have no problem completely throwing away other things you introduce into the movie so it's like why not just you know like hunker down on the fact of like you know our family or, or mm-hmm. some type of personal vendetta is like we need to go to el dorado and that's why out of the book of secrets that's why this is so mm-hmm. important for us to like and it wouldn't have- get to that location and, and whatnot it wouldn't have to be two hours and, and 10 minutes and I, I even watched uh some behind the scenes stuff and there's like 20 minutes of de- of deleted scenes like fully produced like yeah like right. well like it's all color cor- corrected whatever it's all like done it, done director's so, cut edited yeah, everything level. um and it's funny because i watched the little deleted scene they have on uh on like the blu-ray or whatever and john turtletop is presenting it into the camera, like looking directly down the lens. And this is just funny. Something funny. I noticed he's completely out of focus and it's, it's just like the focus is on the soundboard behind oh, him and his whole funny. body is like out is all fuzzy and out of focus. And he's like, Hey guys, John turtle time here. It's like, Oh, we, I love all these scenes. You know, we couldn't put them in the movie because you know, it's uh like you, you love it when you watch it, but when you watch the whole movie, you wouldn't notice if it was gone. And anyways, it's uh, like, let me let me just show you this whole. Uh, tw- I was like, oh, man, this one this one stretch of thing that he first introduced was um, this whole section about them being confused about the fake tip that Helen Mirren gives to uh, John Voight about like the hummingbird and the moon. Uh, when they go I don't to remember like uh John Voight goes to Helen Mirren, but she's kind of already being held hostage by Ed Harris, who's in the other room. And he's like, don't tell him the truth, because if you do, um, you know, I'll, I'll kill you, whatever. It's going to be bad. And so he, mm. she gives him a fake clue. You don't remember okay. that? I don't know. OK, she's like there. It's like under the hummingbird in the moon. And, and then but Ed Harris is in the other room. So he's like, OK. And so he leaves. And then Ed Harris comes he's like, good. OK. Um. And then it's like, and then John Turtletop was like, yeah, that I made this whole like 10 to 15 minute stretch. And then I realized I could just have that solved in like a two line scene 
instead. <laughs> so I did that. Mm, but those sure. deleted scenes, it was pretty, it was pretty interesting. Cause you, I don't know, you get a little bit more about, I don't know, like Hel- Helen Mirren and the relationship to, to a son and like the hummingbird and the moon is like some coded thing about a kid's story that he, he, that she told him when uh, he was younger. Mm, um, mm, and then, so he's mm. like, Oh, a hummingbird. Oh, that's sacrifice for the moon. Cause he thought, thought there were the family and the friends. Oh, that means that we have to go. It was a fake. It was a lie. It means you sacrifice. And then so, it, that all leads to it, this whole thing. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was interesting to see that, that process, I guess, but even that it's like, wow, the, the, the rough cut of this movie. Yeah. It must've been like close to three hours. Yeah, for sure. And to know that, yeah, all this shit about his, his family name is in there. It's like, yeah, that it just seems like it suffers from the excess of, of a sequel. Um, but also at the yeah. same time, it's like, I, I'm almost thinking yeah, about yes. like oceans 12 where like, Mm. the story of oceans 12 is kind of fucking stupid at parts where like mm-hmm. you got like julia what is it like julia roberts she's like oh you look like julia like Ju- the character julia roberts is playing in oceans 12 they're like you look kind of like julia roberts and so they play her, her off as julia roberts in the movie and it's the dumbest fucking meta thing in the world and then actual bruce willis shows up and he's like hey julia hey how's it going and he's he's talking to this and but then julia roberts really like exists in the movie but you don't see her it's the i i love oceans 12 and that part i like can't stand it's it's like the worst worst part for me but um it's so funny that you bring that movie my point is because well my point is that like i think that it's something very effortless about oceans 12 and you can tell that all the camaraderie and the chemistry is really there and there's a lot of fun like ad-libbing going on and i think i get that energy from this movie and that's where i enjoy it but i think the, the overall sure. structure and facade of the, of the mystery and everything is is a little bit more lost on me and i and um it takes longer to get to the the juicier bits there but i love i like the, i like their scooby-doo gang that they formed in this in this movie a little bit they they kind of are all mm. they're all together it's not fractured it's not shot not as much of like you know sh- you know ed harris Just is, Nicholas is, Cajun. Is, yeah, Ed Harris is kind of off in his own like the first half, but then once they get together, it's like you got John Voight, Helen Mirren, and all of them, and Ed Harris, and they're all like trying to figure it out together, and that's it's kind of it's kind of fun. Yeah, totally. That's so funny you bring that up though, because uh, just today I watched a TikTok of the of Don Cheadle talking about uh, how he's had a lot of in- like when it comes to the Ocean's movies. He said that he it, it is shocking how many people have come up to him and told him that Ocean's 12 sucks and, the, oh, like, really? and his Damn. reaction to it. And he's like, oh, that's crazy that you would say that to a person you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> you know, and he, yeah, he just talked about how people have like come up to him and said Ocean's 12 <laughs> is awful. And then he goes on to explain exactly what you're talking about. It's like, yeah, so people really, really don't like Ocean's 12, but. I, I personally, lo- I personally love it because uh-huh. we had, to, and then he describes like the filming of it. And he said, we had our own whole floor in um, Italy hmm. that we all stayed in on. All of our families were there. Hmm. And so like everybody that was like really, really like living together yeah. with their families and they were just having such a great time. Yeah. And uh, I, and he thinks about it fondly. Cause yeah, he was like, you know, his kids are hanging out with Matt Damon's kids and all of that stuff. And they would just like go to dinners and do all of that stuff. And yeah, he just, there's a whole scene of them all in one hotel room, just eating room service and like just shooting the shit. And 
Actually, there's a good amount in that hotel room because they're kind of like hiding out a bit. But damn it, I love that movie too. Even from somebody who just criticized that scene so hard. But that's I I I think I saw that on YouTube. They do all those like uh, retrospective of like actors going through their whole career. And I I even mm. did that Nicolas Cage one about National Treasure and and uh, he I oh, man I kind of forget exactly what he said what he what he says. But I think he was. Overall, one of the things I I think he was talking about, he's overall concerned with the motivations of the character about like why he wants the treasure. Is he just in it for the money and all this stuff? And he was attracted mm-hmm. to it because he's got, you know, this this moral compass. And um, yeah, I think his his love for for this great nation of ours, I think, is is something that that one of them right now. Maybe, but I, I just think it's such a fun part of the character. Yeah. And even to the point where like he's like maybe i will be president one day (laughs) 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 we'll get our you know get a a little benjamin franklin gates in the the white house (laughs) oh god yeah that's too funny (laughs) Uh, Um, and yeah i mean yeah the the president um yeah we got to get yeah the president got to get to that part i mean we 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 haven't checked in with barthy yet i i mentioned i i touched on him earlier like yeah let's let's do it so for sure I mean, well, I mean, I guess if I talk about his character, I, the reasons I overall like him a little bit more is he's, yeah, he is subdued and he is kind of like, he's like kind of, he's kind of like cucked a lot about a lot in this movie, like out of his position sometimes. And he kind of like just down on himself, but then also like wants to get the job done. Uh huh. He like needs first, to prove it. Yeah. Yeah. In the first movie, he's just like, I'm fucking over this. And then in this one, he's kind of just like, I'm like, borderline destitute at this point because all my shit fell through and I just have this, this book. And then like, what he's, he has like a, a some fucking thing. Like he put all his money on this Island or, or some shit and the yeah, IRS like are his- after him. And, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, he's just like bummed and I kind of like it. I kind of like it too. That's great that you bring it up because there is a lot of him trying to prove himself to trying to be like, yeah like i don't know to be just recognized in general and be um yeah nicholas cage and diane kruger to like i don't know appreciate him and he's fighting for their appreciation so there is a lot of that where um i it's just so funny i because i want to talk about the scene because i just could it was so hilarious his intro scene where he is at like a Barnes and Noble doing a book signing mm-hmm. and then nothing but like cute girls like come up to him and then just like cuck him. <laughs> he has to, he has to deal with that. And I just, I, it, it cracked me up because Nicholas Cage is even a, there and he's cucking him. Yeah. And, oh yeah. It's such a silly situation where he is like all by himself. No one gives a shit about his book, but he's got like a full, like uh cardboard standee. He's got all of these, all of his books on him. And then the only person, there's two people that come up to him. Both of them are attractive women. And the first one is like, are you Nicholas Cage? And then he says, no. And then she's like, Oh, I want Nicholas Cage, which mm-hmm. is so funny to think about that. A girl who seemingly was probably like 25, 23 is like Nicholas Cage is the one that she's going after. Especially <laughs> in love this movie. Hot, sexy treasure hunters, hot, sexy, tre- you know, hot 46 year old. Yeah. And the I second one is like, yeah, he's, he's like, like, like yes, I am. This. I am Benjamin Franklin Gates. And then she's like, your car's getting towed. <laughs> yeah doesn't care about any of that which and i get then, now uh, that I'm, i don't know how that scene went down now in my memory but that doesn't really make sense in my mind of like he's not benjamin franklin gates so that's not his car so 
why would you know his car is getting towed? Never. It, it doesn't matter for for no, It's just it's one of those things. It just has to work. It just has to work work for the scene. Right. Absolutely. But yeah, he just um, yeah. Get, Bartha getting shit on right right mm-hmm. off the bat. And um, Cage and Krugs are are quits. She kicked Cage him and out. Cruiser quit. Fraulein Kruger. Fra- yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, kicked him to the curb and then picked up. Uh, picked yeah, what's, up, his, what's uh, his face? What's Ty, his face from modern? No. Ty, yeah, Ty Bar- uh, Burrell. Uh, Ty Burrell is that his name? Ty Burrell, yeah. And so then he, good, uh, I love him. He is Phil from Modern Family. That's yes, I, yeah, I, I he's, he's so good. Which this is before, like right before Modern Family, I think is what I, if mm-hmm. I remember correctly, like I can check real like he just um, has such an interesting energy to him and uh, uh, for him for him speaking of cuck, cucking i mean this is where cage gets cucked but uh it, yeah he's just right. it's like i and i don't know how to describe his energy it's just different from any other actor i, I feel like i i know uh-huh. he's got kind of like like his his like sticks out his neck a little bit or something and, and he's just seems passive but like funny also kind of aggressive yeah mm-hmm. yeah and just funny like just a goofy like such a goofball i love it he doesn't get yeah, a lot a lot of time to shine in this but i just love seeing his face yeah me too yeah he doesn't get a lot of time to shine no um if anything he definitely would a weird creep, creepy part is <laughs> such a fucking yeah. bruckheimer scene in the <laughs> fucking oval office oh my god um but yeah that's uh, that's that's our bartha and then and then krugs and um her house is insane i just want to talk about a lot of that you know what the impact of the fortune and treasure that they found uh, cropped up in like really funny ways for me because yeah bartha having the car um and then the houses were like holy shit because it's just to assume that so diane kruger got the house yeah i got the house and whatever divorce or whatever they're going through and it's like fucking enormous mm-hmm. like it is such it looks a like the house shit. that like daniel day lewis had at the end of there will be there will be blood yes absolutely like uh, it's it's got like a, it's got staircases two staircases that that spiral into the front and then there's yeah this huge foyer mm-hmm. and like it, so when it they also have was to, a, when they have to yeah. break in it's kind of like a feat Right, but unfortunately, it's not a feat, right? Because they just walk in the front door and then turn off the <laughs> turn That's off the true. alarm. And then That's true. But when they're, they're, on, on they're rolling up, I'm like, this looks like a fucking castle. Yeah, right. Like some compound. Like, the, oh, this is going to be the heist. Which I would. Uh, I mean, the reason that it's not the heist is because what are they really doing there? It's just to get Jane her key Kruger, card, get her key card, so that they can go to her, her office, and it's just like a bunch of like kind of just weird bullshit more of an excuse like, for them to like have that conversation they would have had anyways i almost like him between him mm-hmm. and Bartha, but it's like why not have a scene of them doing something while they're having this conversation yeah like why not meet her at her office and then they're like hey so this is what's going on can you help us and then sure, have why not? the same exact, <laughs> same exact conversations you know it's like okay type just like drops her off at work or something like that mm-hmm. right and it's like why do you have to break into her house to like get all of that stuff so yeah and then again like it it's just like what we've already griped about this movie is like the movie doesn't place and like doesn't 
it, these things aren't that important. It's some of the, the what's going on. It, it can be somewhat interesting, but the what fundamentally is happening isn't really that important. Because yeah, like the idea of breaking into her house, interesting idea. But what to what avail? It's like they immediately get caught and they immediately go to the um, go to her office. So it's like, so what did you really do there? You know, like nothing. You just oh, it was an excuse to get together to have a scene together. And it's mm-hmm. like introduced to well, yeah right well that shouldn't be the mo- like the reason that something's happening on screen is just because like you know you know why not um yeah not sure so, what the reasons yeah. are but those things i guess occur during this opening part is like they they have a back and forth and then you 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 get up to date on on what they're doing i guess um mm-hmm. right so anyways um yeah i don't know i'm just trying to think like going through this movie is not a feat i i think we need to because no, there's no, no. a lot of a lot of time that is yeah, spent cool. on things that that don't really matter and that's mm-hmm. fundamentally the issue of this movie is that there is a there's too much of that it's a very bloated because mm-hmm. i'm just thinking like when we go from like all of the lead up you know to like there are things that are for sure happening plot wise like with ed harris in particular and then also establishing where they need to go to go to like buckingham palace right like so much of what's happening right now where we're at in the plot is about getting them to buckingham palace because we need to Mm -hmm. um there was a cipher on the piece of paper that ed harris had then they figure out the cipher because they go to diane kruger's office and they figure it out twin ships like twin desks all that shit yeah right so then you find out oh the person who made this made this desk and so on and so forth and so yeah we get to buckingham palace and i it was the statue of liberty uh, shit in paris before that yeah that's right i'm sorry yes yes just that like there was like an early version of a drone in that scene i guess like that's one thing to say is like they like it's a helicopter drone that that bartha's rocking so there's there's something there they might have invented drones yeah. <laughs> yeah fair <laughs> he gets a ticket for it um and then he gets chucked another... by those cops that's what's so funny <laughs> it's just like yeah right like, like he's like yeah. well like well you go hang out with your new buddies whatever <laughs> that was pretty great is this yours okay so then you're the one who's getting the ticket um i like, I like when people shit on bartha i don't i don't know i use i was annoyed with him last movie and i think like in a lot of those deleted scenes there was a lot more of like Turtle Top would be like, yeah, there's a scene of like, like a lot of scenes in here that were in the trailer. And uh, here's one with like, there's actually a couple with uh, Bartha, just like one liners of, and I'm, I, when I watch him, I'm like, thank God, thank God that they did not include these Bartha one liners. That is one thing that did not carry over as much. There was still some of it into this movie, but uh, there was even more that they cut. I was like, oh, good job guys you figure you figured that one out way to show restraint yeah. wow because mm-hmm. he, w- he was just ad-libbing i mean even in that fucking trailer we just watched we watched the trailers before our record and he does like a jurassic park reference mm-hmm. he doesn't say yeah. girl but he goes clever uh, <laughs> and he d- it's right. like we, we know what you're doing it's so weird it's like yeah they just like anything goes kind of i i i get the get the feeling for some of it but yeah they shot in paris they shot in they shot in london i think that's kind of i like the globe trotting in a movie like this they should Me call too. it international treasure brandy, brandy. Oh. <laughs> rachel trash horatio sands <laughs> uh <laughs> 
Uh, I love the like, globe trotting too. I mean, we're a huge, um, yeah. huge fans of the James Bond movies, and mm-hmm. yeah, that's a huge part of Indiana them. Jones. And Indiana Jones as well. Love, love a globe trotting adventure because what do you it think? makes it seem so. Oh, continue. Yeah, sorry. it adds it adds so much culture and it adds so much more. Uh, it makes the movie seem so big. Like, oh my god, our main characters have gone to all of these, all of these places on this journey. You, it makes you, as the moviegoer, be like, man, I've just gone gone to me personally. I've gone to so many places with the characters, and that uh, gives you a really cool sense of like fulfillment. Almost, mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, I got to see, you know, the Paris's version of the Statue of Liberty, which I don't. I'm I, I'm sure somebody probably told me this, but I mean I forgot that there's multiple. I didn't know that. Does that right? is that always there? I think so because I did know for before this, like just in general, and before seeing this again, that the um, designer or architect for the Statue of Liberty is French. I knew yeah. that. Yeah, they they gave it to us. But um, I know that part. Where was? <laughs> Where's the where, where's the, th- the third one? Because I think they said that there's three. I just I just Googled it. Uh, and now they're just talking about replicas all around France, including a 12 meter high version Colmar. But these are just replicas. Um, the rep- uh, 12 is one of only 12 casts from the original mold created by Frederic Auguste Bartholdi using digital surface scanning, lost wax, lost wax casting methods. And is the only one on public display where is this i'm looking at on wikipedia uh yeah they must be talking about this this paris one this is uh looking looking up the googs uh live <laughs> on your local polarized podcast um i think so, they said in the so movie paris, that there was yeah like uh, there's looks like looks like there's a there's a few there um okay there was even one July 4th, 2004, to, to commemorate the 100th anniversary of his death, stands north entrance of the city. Bartholdi Museum in Colmar contains numerous models of various sizes made by Bartholdi during the process of designing the statue. That's probably not the one that they showed. Um, but yeah, it looks like there's kind of these replicas all over all over the place that even have, mm. are put up as recently as uh, 2004. Oh, okay. Austria, Denmark, Germany, Ireland, Kosovo, Netherlands, Norway, Spain. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. North America, are, oh. you know, we got you got our one in Vegas. <laughs> right. Woo! Woo! But Road trash trip. Um Yeah, so they're oh. in I I yeah, it's all it's just really comedic to me that there is writing on the like the torch of the statue of liberty and it's like how are we just finding this out you know it's like it just is so non it not really hidden that it that that particular one to me where there's just no one had a record of that like you had to actually go there because like it's kind of a weird phrasing or some some weird kind of quote that didn't i don't know it really just seemed like a clue i don't remember fully the the quote Mm -hmm. but it was not some of them like are like some motivational like quote or something like actually there's this hidden meaning in that that you didn't know but it was just kind of like no that just seems like a clue that'd be it made everyone question like hey why did you put that on there (laughs) exactly (laughs) what's that about Uh, uh, (laughs) what's that about yeah right uh don't pay attention to that Uh, Uh, no i just 
You just put it just put it in there last, last second uh, it's a poem it was a poem I, I, I right yeah hey where did you get yeah. those gold earrings <laughs> gold necklace speaking of gold those glasses oh, this I is the first scene where we get idol. get to see cage's cool guy glasses Dude. i couldn't stop looking at them where dope. i'm like man those those things are dope as hell and they he wears them face throughout really the well. entire movie yeah which you yeah it just clearly was one of those things in my mind at least and maybe it's not that clear or it wasn't the case but in my mind at least i was like he he must have just loved those sunglasses because they're coming up all the time in this movie Mm -hmm. you know and he must have just said like to the costume department like oh yeah keep those glasses coming they look like like bifocals and by the way benjamin franklin and ben the fucking bifocals (laughs) Uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah so cool guy glasses first uh, outing of those i didn't notice any uh tucked in shirts and jeans though i didn't there was no gene real gene action in in this it was it was all kind of like these these kind of like flowy kind of uh kind of suits a little bit yeah i overall better yeah better like looking look. wardrobe stuff um i liked his looks yeah i'm trying to think if there's anything that stood out now it's just pretty pretty yeah, yeah. i don't know if it fit him well um he looked good through this movie yeah he just is getting into that you know still doing that weird wig type shit that he's he loves where it's like kind of lengthy hair that is just has a little bit of a wind tunnel effect where it's just this very widowed peak somewhat mm-hmm. long length hair that just like whooshes back and has like a helmet <laughs> i would describe it as a helmet like <laughs> his teeth and, look like very almost like very veneery in this movie too almost i, I don't know if that he, if he's sure. working or he might have gone but they just look very like bright and straight and clean i mean that's that's good it's great but yeah it's, just, it's like hey, hey. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, I mean, that is, uh, um, if, if you don't mind, I mean, maybe I'll, uh, we can watch this little, um, uh, scene at the, uh, at Buckingham palace when he kind of loses it a bit, because I think that it is one of my favorite, favorite scenes. And it's even kind of fun to, uh, to listen to if you want to, if you want to check that out real quick. Yeah, absolutely. And what I'll say before you put that on is I, 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 it would, yeah, I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention this because it's so stupid and silly is this is the heist equivalent to the first movie that we're doing. Nicolas Cage and Diane Kruger and Bartha technically are going to break into the like office of the queen that has this desk that has another clue. And Bartha sets up this this like control room in the bathroom when he started oh, doing yeah. it. I'm like, wait, what the fuck is going on? Because he goes into the bathroom and then he pulls out this like black tape and then puts it on the wall and then just proceeds to like Velcro phones <laughs> and tablets to him on the side of a, yeah. a bathroom stall. And so he's got like this like, this like command center that's attached to a, a, a bathroom yeah. stall door. And then he's like sitting okay, on the Okay, that's shitter. what he was doing. I was so confused by that. I was like, was there a glory hole that he had to tape up there or something? <laughs> right, no, it's like, yeah, this weird. Like none of that, yeah, thank you. Con- weird control room that he does where yeah he's got to like take a, a sidekick and plug a <laughs> wire into it and then that's got a palm pilot and it's just a <laughs> bunch of goofy ass shit that he's got to like velcro onto a bathroom got my stall. sony psp <laughs> yeah right like that, my literally razor. that kind of stuff 
How about them? When, how about when this. they like uh, they make a clone of the phone? How about that technology where that phone just oh. acts as like a clone? And Lo- like when phone me. calls happen, you also get the phone. And you can just like listen in. Totally, yeah. I like how Which they is visually big- show everything too. Of like, oh no, we got what's happening. Like, no, we're gonna show you two phones next to each other, and like <laughs> the, all the one draining out of one and filling up the other. <laughs> It's I was so like, what is this? The user interface was was like very easy to I'm digest. So I like, oh, I get what's happening here. Perfect. You brought up user interfaces because I mentioned These this last time because it's, it it's such a, a, fu- a fun thing for me because I love design and uh, user interfaces, obviously design. And yeah, the whole like two phones. I also was <laughs> cracking up that they just had like a, a really bell. large bag. What was that about? I was, I was like, is that John Voights? Is that theirs? Like, why did they bring a whole bag? Why didn't they just bring one? Why didn't they bring they a just bag? Did, they didn't know, I guess, like, what, oh, what type phone, of phone he had. Oh, <laughs> but it's not a briefcase. It's not like all sectioned out. Like, okay, Nokia, <laughs> Motorola. Dip into the bag. <laughs> it's like something you, you throw into a drawer. Forget about it. Here's my bag of old phones that I'm bringing. I wanted to see them so coming st- in from outside with just a big bag and be like, "Hey, what's that, Jerry? Oh uh, yeah, God. I'm the phone guy." <laughs> Could you imagine too? Because it's like, so you're breaking into somebody's house to do this, but you didn't take the time to find out what phone they're using. Like that's something you could just like stand outside wherever the person is and just clock what the phone is, yeah, and then and be like, "Okay, so we're bringing this one phone instead of." You're on your mission. You have just this cumbersome big bag of phones, and you're like rummaging through, and you're like, "Yeah, it's this one." And then you plug it in, and then you got that UI visual of yeah, the drain, like cloning. If you're so such stupid. a good hacker, you could either look up the phone number, find out what phone they have, so or when you get things, there, yeah. you could copy all the information onto a different type of phone. <laughs> right? Exactly. Like you're doing, yeah. Oh, so, so many, so, many options. Um, um, but let's, uh, let's check out this, uh, this scene, um, in the, uh, well, they spell British. Wrong, they're going, they're, they're trying to get into the Buckingham palace to check out that desk and they got to make a scene, uh, to get arrested to do so. Who's making a scene right now. And we want to make a scene. Well then fine! If that's what you want, then let's have it out right now! Ah, so subtle. Oh, let me guess! It's the wrong time! It's the wrong place! I'm wrong again! Wrong about Wrong to you like the Queen Anne chair! Sue might like the chair. You see? You see everybody listen to this. This is more interesting than that. She thinks that even when I'm right, I'm wrong. Isn't that right? Abigail. Just because. I answer a question quickly doesn't make it wrong. Not if the right answer is something we need to figure out together as a couple. That's what couples do. Sure. And you and your missus take it up. So oh, much. now look what you've done. You've got the little bobbies <laughs> down on us. <laughs> I'm, this show, okay. I'm staying right here. He's such a little stinker. <laughs> He's Good such a stinker. Sir. Hello. <laughs> Been drinking, have we? Just a nip. Just pop down to the pub for a pint. Bit of all right. Going to arrest the man for that. <laughs> going to detain a blighter for enjoying his whiskey. So, that's enough. Bottle squid. Look at your sir. Hi, guys. Dismount the banister. Dismount the banister. That was brilliant. That's my cage. That's my cage right there. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. 
that's why we love him right there great example of because he just so easily like it's so effortless for him to go into that mode like it just it really Mm -hmm. there hero friction where he's like oh be the center of attention and act like a crazy person oh yeah like it does it does yeah he must have have been bothering him that long to play a play some version of a straight Uh, man for as long as you can feel i feel that whenever i watch jim carrey perform like try to be a straight man Mm -hmm. as great as eternal sunshine that's one of my favorite movies but you can just feel it like him wanting to like like break out and do something you know um Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely but that's that's that that moment i was on the edge of my seat <laughs> when he was like stomping down the stairs that, that that's uh that comes from working with a person long enough and having trust in them to to do something uh inventive and creative and and uh is on on brand for him and and i had a I had a great time with that um he he gets the clue from the desk um and then he's got to get the clue from the other desk you know this is this is yeah two hour ten movie so um barreled through at least some of this this middle uh clue seeking part um but he you know the two clues from from the desks and i like how the, i know there's a little frame picture of the, one of the corgis on on the queen's desk um mm-hmm. it was kind of cool i don't know like the idea of a, of a desk having all those little uh oh you know, the kind of gears the locks yeah yeah and oh, mm-hmm. oh it like, was like it, mm-hmm. there's a term yeah. for i they even said it in the movie i forget exactly um like a puzzle box kind of sort of thing. A but, puzzle box. Yeah. Uh, and then they go to the president's one. There's like a weird horny Bruckheimer scene with Burrell and, and Diane Kruger while he, he figures that one out, which is like a symbol. And then that leads to the whole, this is, this part was like, just like fun and almost, and it probably is too like, and it is dumb or whatever, but I still got a kick out of it where, they're they're driving away. They're they have the uh the plank from the queen. I'm jumping all around all around, but this is when they get the first plank from the from the queen's desk. Getting car chase, and I love how um Ed Harris is just driving the car. Like he's in the driver. He's not like on some phone, like in some some fucking like I don't know. He's vacationing yeah. or business or doing something something else more worth his time mm-hmm. or something. It's like get get. Yo, you got to get it. Get whatever they do, do it for me now. He's like, no, he's he's in the driver's seat. Like he's fucking chasing him down. Um, they chuck, they uh, have to get oh, rid of it. And so what so do they do stupid. is like they run the red light. He's like, I'm going to run a red light. Uh, hang on. And he pulls the uh, the plank right up what to his plank, face yeah. and knows that this intersection of in in fucking London is going to have one of these these uh, cameras that's going to take a picture when you run a red light and then you, they hack into it immediately instantaneously and access that picture uh is not instantaneous like, but not instantaneous like while in the he, car pretty much and it's like it's it's funny like yeah there's like oh does that phone have a camera it's like oh it's busted so we this is the next best thing <laughs> yeah the god could you imagine yeah the idea of like that fast that far away getting right and especially in 2007 like getting a picture that would you could see that like and it, to a point where you need to decipher this like you need to be able to see so much of the detail of it because it's the key to the next step and all you have to work with is that mm. is just insane and it's and again it's like to to what avail like so the reason that he does that is because he has made the like he has decided that these people are going to catch us so we have to get rid of it so that they'll stop chasing us but it's like we're in a movie though like why not get away like why not have it so that 
that isn't the case Mm -hmm. that yeah maybe that's somewhat realistic but we're on a chase (laughs) club trotting national treasure chase like why is why are we why are we factoring it was like just like stupid enough for me to like kind of like it I realize how dumb and fucking out there and how it would never work in a million years, but I was just like inc- kind of incredulous and just kind of like he figured that out so quick and like did it like this just feels like a fucking Fast and the Furious movie at this point where they just like are figuring out these action scenes in real time about how all these these cars and metal is going to crunch together in a way for their like human bodies to like fly around and be safe and 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 do all these crazy scenes like this isn't fully that but when Helen Mirren comes into an ensemble piece late in the game, that's when I start thinking Fast and the Furious. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Uh, oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, nice. yeah totally. But th- th- I mean, like we can get to when they're this all. This is where I start checking together. out, I guess, is, uh, you know, just the desk a, stuff, you, you think? The, no, uh, the once I once the car chase is like halfway through itself, I start to check out because I'm like, this isn't as enjoyable as the first one. Mm-hmm. And then that has just been compounded by the things that have been brought up previously about like, oh, you know, because then I'm also thinking. So we did just have our heist because like the first movie, we have the heist that leads into a car chase and then we move on to the next part, which is exactly what happens in this. And mm-hmm. I the heist sucks <laughs> like really in my mind sucks is because it is also weirdly circumstantial and also just not very kinetic or energetic or interesting because it's he makes so the scene, easy. Right. He makes the scene like we just, you know, showed him or you could have listened to, and that gets them detained in the basement. And then they take a dumb waiter up to the room and then essentially just walk to the room. And then yeah. they're there. Some flowers. And, like, and then they're like right in the, in the fucking queen's office. And then they're like, go to the white house and then they run into Ty Burrell and then they're just like, Hey, by the way, can you get us to the oval office? And they're like, this is never going to work. There's no way this is going to happen. And he's like, yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. I can do that. Which is like good comedic work by Ty Burrell because it is such a fucking heinous sort of line delivery of like, yeah, this whole thing, this whole movie depends on like trying to figure out this clue. And you're just going to ask this fucking guy that got reverse engineered early in the movie to be some mm-hmm. some pawn and and you know to come up later and just have it be like yeah i mean that is my one purpose in this movie so yeah sure yeah, right <laughs> that's if why I, i'm here <laughs> then why would i be yeah then i wouldn't be in this movie <laughs> they'll fire me <laughs> and so he yeah, does absolutely. essentially this the same thing there too and yeah i see why so how do you are you checking out during the the president tomb raid are you checked I, out at that point as well with bruce I, greenwood I, 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 I am checked out. Yeah. I am checked out, but I, I, I did. It just was funny to me where I had to look it up, where the guy that's singing at the president's birthday party, they keep yeah, like, who is that? Who is that? Cl- closing on it. I'm like, that's obviously got to be somebody. I don't and know my yeah, country music. Like, and that's what it is. You know, you know, it's like it. Lyle Lovett's son or some shit. It's like a, it's a really popular, like Christian country artist essentially uh-huh. right and yeah i mean i i once i found that out i was like oh okay yeah i guess at least it is somebody it would just be weird if they're like you know just paying a lot of time to the sprockheimer's son yeah right god i do yeah i kind of wish it was like somebody yeah some somebody like that some nepotism in there like mm-hmm. 
you know, it's his, yeah, it's his brother. It's Turtle Top's brother. Yeah, yeah. In the movie, you know, and something like that. I mean, they but sounded good though. I, I get. I was like, no, this is like this. I mean, this is what a for, president for country, would listen for country to. music. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, we got a, you know, at this point, yeah, we got like a an analog to a to like a every uh, president we've ever had. <laughs> yeah, like a, pretty much every president we've ever had is like some generic white guy. Um, yeah, and they're partying and then, at Mount I mean, Vernon for his birthday. They close out all the yeah. other venues, so they had to go to Mount Mount Vernon, which is where he wants to separate him. And even that, like goes pretty like everything just goes so smoothly in this i think there was something and this is something that i didn't really like uh resonate with as much and i'm really happy that you've brought it up is yeah that that first heist and the first one like running away with the declaration of independence and getting shot at and taking the bullets in the bulletproof glass and and getting out of there like you know i guess i guess there's car chases in in this movie and and, and all that shit but um yeah I, i yeah uh, and, and you're in Europe, but you know, in the sequels, you got to travel, you got to go somewhere else. Um, mm-hmm, sure. But uh, yeah, to what avail? Cause it's not as interesting, you know? Yeah. All of it. Like there's just, there's so many beats of it that one-to-one are just so much uh, a, a, a shitty facsimile of the first one where mm-hmm. you're like, Oh yeah, we are doing the same thing, but you're like it first, you know, I, I, most people given what the reviews are, you would assume is like, Oh, I'm not, I'm not being fed as much. I'm not being excited as much. I'm just, you know, oh yeah, we're, we're doing this. Here's the same beats, but it's not as exciting anymore. Yeah. So I just, I don't know. Yeah. I, it's, I, I start to check out at this point because it just, the laundry list of conveniences, things that have just been presented that the movie seems to not care about have really just kind of hit a, <laughs> mm-hmm. hit a point. Cause yeah, once, once I mean, he's going on a treasure hunt with the fucking president of the United States. It's pretty, it's pretty crazy. It's, it's something that like, I'm kind of like in my heart kind of having fun with cause Bruce Greenwood, mm-hmm. like, you know, as far as presidents go, he has that kind of look and everything. And yeah, there's some, does. they're just kind of like commiserating over their love for America. It's, it seems like yeah. in the States a little bit, like they're having that, that back and forth over, over history and over like architecture and blueprints yes. and, and, oh, and, and, I and do that love kind that. of stuff. And, uh, I, I, but it's just like so indulgent. Like it's not, yes. the, the, I get what you mean where like things kind of like, are kind of pumping the brakes a little bit here where they're just like, they're kind of like, yeah, we're just going to have this fun little, little, uh, little moment with between, between him and the, and the presidents. And like, he's, he's going to like rub shoulders with, with these, these I- ideas and people and things that he's always, uh, f- you know, fantasized in his own way about and, and had his in- conspiracies or whatever about, but always had a reverence for, for all these things. And to see him rub shoulders with that, I guess is like, something that you can have fun with, but it is indulgent. Yeah. And it, it kind of slows a bit. Yeah. Well, also too, just like, I, okay. So what is, so Nicholas Cage is going to the president because he needs access to a particular tunnel, right? He needs the book of Sikhs. Um, yes. But he already kind of knows that that's in the library of Congress. And he needs to have like a separate conversation with the president because no one can be around because no one else can know about these, this book's book of seek. So he has to find like some. And so I like, I guess there's, 
a lot about this movie that is convoluted. I feel like where either it doesn't ex- explain things or just like, yeah, don't worry about it. Like keep, keep moving. Like it's keep, keep going with the, the adventure and, and everything. But they, that was right. why I assumed they wanted to go to Mount Vernon because they, they, they knew that was where the next clue was as well. Right. That little, where that tomb was and they, they could get the president there as well. They could knock knock that out at the same. What was the clue that they uncovered there? Did they uncover a clue there? Or was, did they just want to like get him in that tomb to have that conversation? It's the thing, right? Is like, that's why it's just, it, it, I, I understand it's also contributing factors. I've checked out at this point, but it's like the, so to reverse engineer this is the president tells Nicholas Cage that he needs to go to the Library of Congress and then gives him a set of numbers that are and the clue to where the lock is. So all of that is being delivered from the president. So it just is like I'm just in my mind trying to put it back together of like, well, but he goes to the president with a with blueprints and there's the secret tunnel. And so like but what does that secret tunnel do? Nothing because you're still leaving to go to get, go to the library of Congress because the book of secrets is in the most famous library in America. That's what, and it's that's what was weird. It's like, I, I, that seemed like just a diversion to get the president alone and to have that conversation. But that whole process of discovery seems so genuine of him, like moving that yeah. little thing, the V and he's like, Oh, you got to turn this to the side. Oh, this is on the side. You got to turn mm-hmm. it this way. Um, but then they go in there and then they have a conversation and then they find the exit and leave. Um, so yeah, my interpretation is that he just wanted, that was like the go to Mount Vernon, use that as uh, a way to separate everybody, have the conversation and then have an escape route and then um, move on to the the next thing, which they mm. is like really just right after is, is when they go to library of Congress and this, I don't know, this, this clue thing. We're like, we're like, it's the Dewey. Well, how this, I don't know, just how, mm-hmm. how Bruce Greenwood delivers this line of like, he gives like, like 15 different numbers. I know. It's insane. He's like, yeah, he's yeah. like you're going to go to library. Of Con-, and he's just monotone the whole way. Go to library of Congress. It's two, five, four, five, three, six, seven. <laughs> Wait, you're going to need one more code. Three, six, seven, five. Wait. <laughs> It's on page 47. <laughs> it's like, and, right. just, and Cage is like about to leave. He's like, yeah, huh? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Uh-huh. You want, you want to, you want to something to drink with that? You want a salad? No. Okay. All right. Oh, you do want the salad. Okay. You want the salad. All right. I'll put that down. Okay. I'll be right back. Oh, medium. Well done. Well done. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's just like kept on like coming back and then so many numbers. And then it, it was kind of satisfying to see all those numbers like come into play in a certain way, but also like, I don't know. You're looking through the shelves of the fucking coolest fucking books to ever, like, I don't know, some of the most historic, like amazing books to, to ever be. And maybe you're not, I don't know. And you're just like, do, 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 do. Oh, the, what's in between here. And then you just see like a little code and then you notice there's one missing right there. And you're like, Oh, I wonder if I put the code in right here. If something pops out. Like, I don't know. It just seemed like it, like, it seemed too straightforward of a way to find it. Like, and then there, yeah. what was the line they say of like, uh, location is the combination. That was the most stupid fucking like obvious mm-hmm. shit in the world to me. That was just like, no, yeah, no uh, yeah, obviously like, oh, it's missing. You open it. It's like, oh, the digits are exactly the amount of Dewey decimal numbers that you need. And it's just like, yeah, just put in the one that's, that's missing. I feel like someone might've incidentally just stumbled upon the <laughs> book of secrets. 
is yeah, my point, right? right? Yeah. No, no. For it's sure. pretty obvious. Yeah. It's in the cracks. You just open. It's like the little code. I'm like, oh, it's pretty, whoa, okay. Yeah. There's again. There's something that is so like to your point of it just makes you think that this had to somebody in especially like you know to understand how long this has been there and whatever it's like somebody had to have cleared out that shelf and been like what is this <laughs> yeah, right. someone you know? like, that at some point dusted it moved the books around cleaned it i don't yeah, know no something. one ever turns in the book with this number weird right because like the puzzles and the things that they discover along the way in both movies they're like behind stuff like you really have to like the you know using the by vocals at a certain time of day looking at a certain mm. wall like that is so complex that it happenstance will ne- like there's no way that somebody will just accidentally stumble upon it and even with the desk right is like you had to know the year and then you had to be underneath it. Even that's, I, I, it's hard because there's a lot of stuff in this movie in particular, as opposed to the first one where there is like a, the, really a possibility of happenstance, but I guess I'll just give it the the fact that like those numbers underneath need to be aligned in a particular way by a date in order to at least unlock and reveal something, I guess is why I bring it up is like, at least the wooden plank is like locked away and it isn't just almost like Mm -hmm. out, you know, (laughs) kind of like peeking out a little bit. And then somebody could have just at some point been like, wait, what is this? But I mean, that's always the best part is that it's like hiding in plain sight that it's, it's always been there, but it just took the right mind or or eye to, to, to suss (laughs) it out and, and and figure it out. Um, But that's, I mean, if we can just jump to, you know, uh, Mount Rushmore and, and that everything that happens there, my least favorite part of the movie is yeah, when easy. is when they are just just rambling around some rocks and then they're like, <laughs> what do we do? We need to figure it out. Oh, a cloudless rain. And instantly my mind is like, oh, cool. They're going to go into a waterfall cave. Obviously, a, a cloudless rain. Oh, it's raining because you go into the waterfall and there's a tunnel under there. I love that. And in a video game, when you like go under, like you see a waterfall, you you go oh, check it out. And you're like, tunnel. oh, there's like oh, a fucking tunnel under there. Cool. Easy riddle. Fucking go for it. No, we got to have fucking Aquafina brand fucking sponsored clue finding journey where they go on like these huge boulders, multiple boulders. And they're all like have each have a single fucking bottle of Aquafina water. And they have to find this tiny little clue where the water hits properly. And ah, I hate it. I just hated that scene. Yeah, Nicholas Cage is like, use the water. It makes the rocks darker. No fucking shit. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like it makes the right. Rocks and that would darker. also work. That would also fundamentally work when it was it raining. Is, it, it, if it was raining, yeah. if there were clouds in the sky, so it's like dumb, <laughs> dumb. The clue, yeah. stupid. We hate that clue. I also too. I mean, again, I don't. That was my. That was yeah. the worst for me. Uh, no, it's it's egregious. Like again, and I'm I'm already pretty fucking checked out. But it just like also too. I'm you know it's it. We haven't mentioned, well, we have mentioned, but it should be said is like, we've already found the book of secrets, right? Because halfway along the way, it seems like, is that El Dorado ends up becoming actually what we're on a journey to, as opposed to just finding the book of secrets. And 
it just was so weird to me because I'm like, isn't El Dorado like clearly been established that it's in South America? And like the fact that it's in like it's near Mount Rushmore, it's just like, wait a minute, like what? They, just, they attribute it all <laughs> to like the Native Americans, like that there's like some other there's like is, is it supposed to be like the same city of gold as like El Dorado? And or it's just they're just attributing it to like, oh no, it's actually this Native American uh city of gold. I, I, yeah, I mean, it's tough because like the, because they make mention that the plank that they get out of the desk is essentially Aztec. Mm -hmm. So it is like, and that would be El Dorado. And they even talked about, you know, uh, Spanish conquistadors coming over. And then, you know, there was one in particular guy who helped out like a, a Native American or, or a native. And then they took him back to El Dorado and then he left. And then, Oh yeah, that's right. The slave like had a hard slave time that had like a, saved the, the guy. And then they like brought him to the, the city of gold. Right. And then he had a hard time like finding it again, like whatever. But right. yeah, it was just like, again, I'm like, there is such a clear like difference in where locations and where historical like how history ties into this in the first one where all of this Freemason Illuminati, uh, Benjamin Franklin uh, declaration of independence all happening in like the Boston area, that all makes sense. But then it just, we're globe trotting and we're going to these places and then it loses the thread for me where I'm like, Oh, but then we're going to El Dorado, but then we're also like near Canada, like right? Because isn't that where like Mount Rushmore is like somewhere close to the Canadian border, right? South Dakota, I think. Off base, yeah, South Dakota, right? Um, and yeah, then I'm like, oh, okay, so is it? Yeah, right. Is it the same El Dorado? Is there two El Dorados? (laughs) You know, it just makes you think because I I could have sworn that El Dorado was in South America, but you know, fucking whatever. And so, um, yeah, like. I also too did not care for the Mount Rushmore stuff. The water bottle stuff is so lame. Um, I mean, once you get into the tomb and stuff, like some tomb raiding, like I don't know, I'm 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 kind of okay with that. What, what did you think about? Yeah. Like, I, I'm kind of I'm kind of like pretty much water, ra- ra- wrapping yeah. up talking about it and everything. But like, there's like the the mm-hmm. balancing beam portion, um, mm-hmm. and I I thought the dynamic that Ed Harris brought to the table was the the strongest portion of this part. I, without Ed Harris, I think this this whole part portion would have been just foobar and, and pointless to me a little bit. Oh, not completely pointless, at least. Yeah. yeah. Cause the way that he constantly was trying to like check the power dynamics within the group and everything I thought mm-hmm. made it interesting of like, and, and also how there was like this mutual respect between him and, and Ben Franklin Gates. I thought that that was mm-hmm. like a cool dynamic after like having Sean Bean being such a like son of a bitch. Um, from like backstabbing and everything like Ed Harris, like kind of like was a foil in terms of like, Oh, I also want to like save, save my family's name. And then Nicholas Cage ends up being the one that helps him do that. Like I, some of the, some of that stuff worked, worked pretty well for me, but the Ed Harris character just wasn't fleshed out enough as, as like other, other things were. Um, mm-hmm. But the, like the, the, the sets and stuff and how, whatever, however they incorporate CG, but um, the all the waterfalls like that set and then going into the city of gold like that stuff is satisfying lighting up a big uh 
thing of like like oil with like fire that's gonna light the whole place up like that's very much like the first one in indiana jones and all that shit um but yeah the cg though for that city of gold was awful though i even had to make a note of it where it just like given that we're in 2007 and mm-hmm. there's like i and you know i've mentioned this in our just personal lives when we see stuff like this or whatever is that um cg in particular is so like looks terrible or so noticeable because of lighting in particular mm-hmm. like it's such an well, yeah gold has like a shimmer to it and like a reflective mm-hmm. sort of thing yeah but then it looks pixelated and and it looks very uh, computer generated. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it just looks uh, looks terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> looks absolutely terrible. I just I wrote, "Yikes! The city of gold looks terrible." <laughs> um, it's it's not yeah, great it, when when they yeah. get into like the inside when everything's flooding and then it's just that one that's cool one set of like the door and everything that's all practical that that shit works. But I know what you mean. Yeah, where that. it's like. Yeah. Where we talked about, I think last episode too, where it's like very obvious where fake shit ends and the real shit begins and, and that, Mm. that can take you out. Yeah, totally. Um, take me out. Man, I feel like that's what's popular around this time. Take me (laughs) out. Yeah. Tell me, tell me. I bet. Yeah. I dude, like 2006, I say like a year before I say 2006. You're going to say 2006, so take me out by, what is that? That's Franz the, uh, Ferdinand. Franz Ferdinand, yep. That's right. It was popular uh, this time. It had to have been. It was, um, let me see, 2004. Wow. Uh, so that would have been in the, first, in the first movie. Um, that would have been in the first one, yep. Yeah, so and then I guess what hap- whatever happens uh, at at the end, I'm looking at the end of, my, of end, like, end of my notes here. I just see water on rock was real dumb. Um, that's <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's where they so dumb. slit. Oh, I don't even cut the heart out. I don't. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. I, I mean, but, like the, the well, Ed Harris. Ed Harris is 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 Dunzo, and and I thought that was a pretty pretty good good part when he's like, oh, just go. and then he he's he's Dunzo, and then uh, Diane Kruger's like they have the whole so scene and I don't know. There's something about this that just like, it, it was nice that like you got to see that he was a little bit of a son of a bitch as well. Cause I think in the first movie it was just like, Oh, he's so cool. She's just got to like understand how fucking cool he is and just deal with it and shut the fuck up because that's all they told her in the first movie was like, just shut up. Mm. And then this one was just like, no, like you're inconsiderate and a know-it-all and and not nice and uh-huh, uh right but then and then he just is just like well i am like right most of the time and then i just like the way he came off i'm like this reminds me of like a michael bay or a bruckheimer or something how they might come off and then like how their wives are just like fucking probably fed up with with them sometimes they're just like it's not about being right you pompous douchebag um but right. they know how to make a, they know how to make a fucking movie and this this here was a movie yeah. uh we watched it i after this while i was doing other stuff threw on the first episode of the tv show um, oh cool and I, I watched the the pilot um it was pretty it was it was okay it was you know it was you know it's it's pretty good i i think like i was curious at the end of this this one and the first one to be like what's harvey Keitel's deal like what what's he what's he all about i almost yeah. thought the second one was going to get more into it but the the book why did I say that the book Wait, of secrets? No, the, the new TV show 
kind of at least the first episode kind of starts with that where our new character um is kind of like set upon her her trail uh by related by sadusky no she's it's it's uh, and speaking of south south america um she's an undocumented uh immigrant and um that kind of plays plays a part too and her unraveling this case and and she's got like this group of friends um and they enjoy doing like escape rooms it's kind of it's kind of cute and fun how they like introduce it of like they're in this like prison break situation you find out it's like an escape room and that's just kind of like what they like to do and they're like oh we brought you this thing we found we found this thing we've been looking for and she's like wow and like are you sure you want to do it yes I want to make my mother's empanada recipe and like that, like that's a, the treasure or something her mother. Cause, and there's this whole backstory with her, her mom, dad, I won't get into, um, her dad was like a treasure, treasure, uh, protector of some kind. Um, and she, uh, finds Sadusky's old, she works at a storage unit, like storage, uh, unit facility and Sadusky like is getting rid of his storage unit or whatever. So she, uh, she like, finds Sadusky's storage unit and then that's how she finds Sadusky set upon kind of her trail Catherine Zeta Jones is uh the the bad baddie in it um but it wasn't it was a bad I don't know it was was fine it was like there's there's things that happen in those shows that like uh I'm just like like I don't know there's like like one of her her best friend is a YouTuber for example there's like stuff like that or you know yeah like certain certain uses usage of slang and how they do it from a disney show and everything is just kind of like a little cringy a little bit you know Uh, but they're trying to tap into the the you know like it's it's yeah it's a show for kids and that's how kids talk and everything so for like an old fogey like myself i'm just like i maybe I, i don't understand but it's uh it's not bad and guess what brandon there was like an open opening of like narration from sadusky from harvey keitel and then a minute in, oh, you're never going to guess what song has started playing. Whoa, what song? A fucking Radiohead song started playing <laughs> oh, at the beginning. What? And I was just like, sign me up. Ooh, this is my new favorite show. But if you guys don't know, I'm like big Radiohead stan. Um, but it's I might be wrong on Amnesiac. It's like not a big song. It's not like it's not like they were playing Karma Please. It's like it's this I might be wrong kind of cool driving beat of a song and it's playing while he's the her, her father is like the like a cut like a flash it's not a flashback but it's like opening showing her yeah. father protecting a treasure uh and then supposedly getting killed for it i don't know i it, by the end you find out that he might still be alive uh but i might be wrong by radiohead plays in it and then like some like uh house music and, and shit plays later and stuff and then there's like a baby grew doll in their apartment that one of the characters holds up at one point, like the baby Yoda from Mandalorian. And I was like, Oh right. yeah, this is a Disney. This yeah. is a Disney feature. All right. Uh, it's all connected. Yeah. But that's all we're going to bring. the. <laughs> oh God. Could you imagine? Yeah. You get the national treasure crew pops up in a, in a Marvel movie. One of these times. Oh, how, how would they do a crossover? I feel like it would be, Oh, I I mean they just bring they had Nicolas Cage in show up they bring bring Nick Cage back and then I don't know I could just have him like find treasures with some Indiana like with a uh, mutt from Kingdom of the Crystal Skull Shia LaBeouf shows up and it's like hey I heard you need to find a treasure <laughs> is that how mutt sounds I forget no he's like saying he's a greaser he's like hey man hey, how you doing? hey man yeah, yeah, yeah. you want to find a treasure hey I'm I'm mutt 
the classic character no. from Kingdom of a Crystal Skull. You think he's going to show up in Indiana Jones 5? Absolutely not. <laughs> no way, no how. Um, <laughs> There's no way. Well, I'll uh, I'll jump into some reviews. You need a break or anything? No, go for it. All right. Um, this was a 36% from critics, 67 from audience. We'll start with critics reviews. Um, from let's go to the Philadelphia Inquirer with Stephen Ray, a 38 out of 100, says it's like a grade school version of an Indiana Jones adventure. Um, the Globe and Mail, 38 from Jason McBride. Throughout all this, Cage's lazy, dull performance, who knew there were so many ways to express smugness, is enlivened <laughs> only by poorly timed outbursts of exuberance. Uh, yeah. Mm. New York Post, Kyle Smith, 38 out of 100. It's another flick about maps, landmarks, and buried tre treasure that makes the Da Vinci Code look like Tolstoy. <laughs> Yeah. Slam! Yeah. <laughs> this movie's <laughs> stupid. <laughs> yeah, and I'm smart. Um, Austin Chronicle, Kimberly Jones, a 40. Uh, she says, Book of Secrets isn't so much a romp as a long trudge through American history factoids and conspiracy theory gobbledygook. Cool car chase, <laughs> though. Yeah. Uh, car chase had this really annoying thing that happened where they're in a like relatively small alley and then the truck is like behind them and they're getting like pushed out so they have to go and people that are in that alley just run straight yeah. ahead uh -huh. and it drives me crazy where i'm like just run to the side <laughs> and you're fine <laughs> <laughs> well if if a car's coming at you you don't immediately run backwards oh no they took the charlize <laughs> theron rule of prometheus when they're trying to escape from something <laughs> yeah it's like don't yeah don't do that run to the side strafe motherfucker strafe <laughs> um, sorry. from la times kevin crust a 50 everything has been sick significantly amped up bigger louder further removed from reality but it also feels that much more force cage and kruger seem like they're not having much fun this time around and bartha still gets the best throwaway lines <laughs> bartha's best <laughs> bartha's best come on down to bartha's best um yeah that'll do it for critics let's check out the audience wow. side of things let's see here um let's start with the four out of five we'll warm up a bit not go straight to the fives from kent a larson titled it's kind of like pringles if you pop open the first one then you gotta do the second one of course that's a great take national That's treasure a, hit a chord with many people because of the intrigue suspense and educational value of it it was kind of a family-friendly yeah. version of a dan brown book the music yeah. was great and no and no once not once is quite as hmm, i don't know what he's trying to say but no once yeah. is quite as good at being a neurotic genius nice guy than nicholas cage when the sequel yeah. came out i like many others was worried it wouldn't measure up technically it doesn't, but it is fun in its own <laughs> way. <laughs> yes. Amazing. It fills out the characters. Uh, fills oh, out the characters so more funny. and introduces new ones quite nicely. The, writer, no. <laughs> the writers were very smart <laughs> to invert the storyline to Cage having to prove his family name from the traitorous rumors. It does get cheesy, but so did the first one. The music is very similar and so is the humor. Like I said in the headline, if you watch one, then you're going to want to watch this sequel as well. Fair. 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 Uh, from Mark Baker, another four out of five. Titled, yep, 
It's a sequel, but it's still fun. Uh, Thomas Gates had a reputation for ciphers. That's why John Wilkes Booth sought him out the night he assassinated President Lincoln. Yeah, we're getting, people like to do synopsis stuff. Um, yeah. Let's get on to the real, real juicy bits. Let's let's the honest. The first movie had plenty of flaws, but it told a fast paced story with lots of humor. This one is pretty much the same. The flaws are a little more pronounced this time, but it is just as funny as the first. There's still plenty of humor with the great lines being spread equally among the characters, although Riley still gets his share. Unfortunately, several of the best ones from the previews did get cut. The plot, while similar to the first, features new locations and clues that make it feel fresh, and the acting is still good. Having said all this, the story does have some flaws. First of all, the movie opens with a Civil War setting, and that setting kicks off the story. Now, maybe I missed something. It took me two or three viewings to make all the connections in the first one. But why are they using a page from Civil War times to track items which date from the 1870s and 80s? Hmm. Additionally, mm. plot points seem to get glossed over. We can make the connections, but an extra few lines of dialogue would have been nice. Finally, the yeah. villain was too weak for the story, and FBI agent Sadusky really had no point in returning for this film. While it has some serious flaws, the movie is fun, and that is ultimately what it is all about. So if you're Hell looking yeah. for pure escapism, you've come to the right place. Mm. Well said. Well um, said, yeah. I, yeah, I feel good about those two. I mean, those those are fours, but I thought they were... They were well put and kind of they uh, were, yeah, good um, selection, yeah, yeah, like nuance, nuance a little bit for I don't know. Some, sometimes you you read either either side of the either side of the aisle, but it'll be like, well, they didn't like it, so I feel feel like I have to like it that much more and and give it five stars and and uh, and all that stuff. But it is a four point seven out of average four point seven out of five on Amazon uh, out of eight thousand six hundred twenty six ratings and eighty one percent are five star. So yeah, wow, very, babe. very loved, uh, franchise, even though it's, it's yeah. these two. And then the, the TV shoot TV shoot that, uh, just dropped. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. So here we are national national treasure, uh, books, book of seeks. Um, I wanted to bring up this, uh, question that you asked, uh, chat GBT real quick at this, at this point. Oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Brandini at, or do you care to read it? Yeah, no, I can read it. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. So uh, something that's really popular in the zeitgeist right now uh, for people who might listen to it later, but um, I'm sure by now, if you're listening to it in the future, it's completely taken over everybody's lives. So here we are. Um, A chat GPT is a uh, AI uh, language model um, and you can ask it questions and it will generate responses for you. I asked uh, chat GPT, hey, can you tell me uh, why the movie National Treasure 2 Book of Seeks is reviewed poorly in comparison to the first movie? And uh, pretty typical to a a computer, but uh, pretty funny nonetheless. The responses. There could be a number of reasons why National Treasure 2 Book of Secrets received poor reviews than the first movie. Some critics may have found the plot to be less compelling or original than the first movie, first film. Others may have had issues with the acting, direction, or other technical aspects of the movie. It's also possible that the sequel simply didn't live up to the expectations that were set by the first one. Interesting take, Chad GPT. <laughs> uh, ultimately, the reasons for the difference in reviews will vary depending on who you ask. Well, <laughs> yeah. true. 
You could be said for so... any movie. Yeah. <laughs> any movie sequel. <laughs> right. And then just replace National Treasure with said movie. You should ask it about Ocean's 12 and see if it's any different of an answer. Oh, yeah. I I, I will. And then maybe feature it on the next one. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I like that you um you found that interesting because I did as well. And I it would be interesting to moving forward to include uh chat yeah. gpt in, Ask a question in some, or two. yeah in some capacity so um a new God, it, would be real, it would be really interesting yeah like i don't know um if people were to submit um sure submit questions you know related to the movie obviously like uh does nicholas cage's hair look ridiculous in this movie or something to that you know what is how the point cool? of tucking your shirt into jeans <laughs> yes right though those are the questions we should be asking ais uh, but yeah so i might so if no one asks questions i might bring it up here and there and ask any questions like i've just said those type of questions because i think that could be fun um because yeah overall it's been generating very very generic responses but they are at least it's growing slight, it's growing smarter slight, it's slightly tailored to to the actual question a little bit beyond what is you know how chatbots have been in the past so mm -hmm. it didn't conversational you know, shit the bed when i asked it that it instantaneously generated that response which was pretty interesting <laughs> yeah, so, well, yeah. Uh, any uh, final thoughts in the score yeah totally so my final thoughts um, it, I, it really stuck out to me that, uh, reviewer that was saying, if you watch the first one, you got to watch the second one. And I agree. Like, I mean, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that the first one is marketably better than this one. Uh, because, and you would have been like, well, I really enjoyed that. Just like we did. I should watch more of this. Why wouldn't I want more content of things that I just enjoyed? Um, but you will be met with like, oh, now I'm kind of burnt out on this and I need to take a break from it. Cause I mean, at least that's how I feel <laughs> about, about this franchise, because yeah, there were a lot of things in this movie that were similar to the first one, but didn't work as well. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, let me think about like, I, what are some of the things that stood out? I honestly, you know, a critique that we just like very minor critique that we levied because it wasn't really like yeah i don't know it, it was hard to like describe what to do better other than just simply put like give diane kruger more to do um this movie did that so i yeah. will commend it on um kind of fixing that issue in the first one where she was just such a doorstop and was just shit on the whole time and was like stuck with them by and large this time she was more of an active participant mm -hmm. even though it still was reminiscent a little bit of that but you know it is what it is um yeah i'm trying to think there's more john void in this did i i like that uh it was okay um helen mirren does was that man know how to smile no okay he's afraid of it he's it. fearful of it because if gotcha. he does then somebody will think less of him and he doesn't want that um <laughs> or it's like a portrait of dorian gray sort of situation yeah. or something he's gonna like his whole his yeah. whole life is going to get Turn sucked a, out of him or something. <laughs> yeah, like There's some a, picture of him like Indiana Jones situation, <laughs> like smiling yeah. or something. <laughs> I, that's the trigger. If he smiles, it'll uh, yeah, that painting will suck his soul away. Um, yeah, so this movie, Book of Seeks, um, really started not care for this movie halfway through it. Um, so yeah i'm not gonna i'm gonna give this movie I would, i'm gonna give this movie a 50 percent. Mm -hmm. i think is where i'm gonna land on this because 
it is completely serviceable and i would be remiss to not at least give it close give it somewhat of a healthy score um because of things that i've mentioned in the past on this podcast is like once you broach or if you're on the 50 percent mark that to me is like you know, hey, if yeah, I mean, if same. if it strikes if it strikes your fancy, go for it. It's mm-hmm. not a terrible movie. Um, pretty watchable. Reco- pretty watchable. I'm not really recommending it. But if somebody's mm-hmm. like, hey, should you check out, you know, uh, Book of Secrets? Really enjoyed the first one. I go like, yeah, you know, like I mean, if you really like the first one, check it out. But just know that it's, um, I would say it's not as good as the first. But you know, yeah. whatever. And so. Um, yeah. And overall, like, again, another point too, that I've made in the past that I will stick to is, um, a movie can be fun. It doesn't have to be like, you know, super like well-made or, you know, really thought provoking at times. Obviously I, those movies are incredibly enjoyable and memorable. And, um, when a movie doesn't do that, it becomes like, uh, white noise and uh, really you know instantly forgettable and this movie borderlines that so yeah mm-hmm. i would uh overall say, yeah i'm gonna give it definitely definitely forgettable and i we're gonna be hand holding buds on on this one for sure um you know I, i'll just i'll just say again it's this one in a way like had i know some of the reviews saying like they didn't care as much or they they didn't seem like they wanted to be there or something something to that effect but i don't know there's something to me that it it seemed like they were kind of on the same page a little bit more as actors and, and, and within the chemistry of it all. Um, but that didn't save, you know, the script and, uh, the nature of the story. And I think there's a version of this that could have been edited, hacked down a bit or, or just more, um, streamlined in, in terms of what they were trying to do or been at least a little more, bit more straightforward, but the stuff about his family, the stuff about his, his name, all, all that shit. And stemming from, from, you know, scene one really about Ed Harris getting up in that room. It was really already just kind of like, this is, this is strange how they're going up about this and how big of a deal they're going to convince us to, to make us think that it is when in fact, I really just want to get back down to the treasure hunting, which it eventually does. But in a two hour, 10 minute movie, um, yeah, I, I, I don't really care as much about that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. if you're going to have like an ensemble piece, uh, just, I, I don't know, like have, have those things be meaningful in terms of like what the characters and everything, um, John Voight and Helen Mirren doing their own side quests and, and all that stuff. Like it's, it's it's another thing to add but it being worth it or not i'm not sure and what does it really add to everything that's the i mean that's just a scene that we didn't really mention i guess but it's just an example of this movie feeling like it it's trying to do things because it can and because it has uh the sequel sort of liberty to mm-hmm. life liberty in pursuit of doing a sequel <laughs> um nailed it yeah no um uh, <laughs> But yeah, they, apart from that, yeah, com- convoluted and not as fun as the first one. And uh, just, but also this is, like I've said before, these are my kind of movies. I enjoy this this kind of thing uh, in terms of adventure and, and globetrotting stuff. Um, but I'm right there with, with you, Brandon. I've been thinking 52 this, this whole 
episode kind of mm-hmm. i feel like because yeah i don't know i i i distinctly remember giving armageddon a 51 and and there's something about the the bruckheimer of it all maybe that's just like yeah this is definitely a fucking movie like this is mm-hmm. this is definitely a movie they're like this is so much so much a movie i don't know even i watch like I guess it's Mike in Michael Bay for that matter, whatever, like watch like six underground or some shit. I'm just like, I watched the whole thing. It's pretty long, but the whole time I'm just like, huh, what? This is crazy. Oh my God. This is, <laughs> I can't believe they're doing this. And so it's like, yeah, it's, 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 it's watchable and, and everything, but, uh, it's, it's going to be, it's just going to be so forgettable for me. There's, there's nothing, there's no memorable moments apart from Nick Cage, honestly losing his shit and, and Buckingham palace for, for a moment um and otherwise it'd be like yeah like oh we're gonna do the first one again oh there's that second one too yeah you know you can throw it on you know if we're doing like an all-day thing and i'm gonna take a nap for the second one um but yeah i guess if you're gonna watch that tv show maybe you're gonna go through through them all and maybe it'd be be worth it then uh but otherwise yeah go go at your own leisure whether we recommend it on or not i think we both kind of stated our our case to that and i think you would know if you would be into this movie just from all the surrounding <laughs> elements uh, and it, mm-hmm. yeah, we're 2022, uh, uh, like 2023, I mean, uh, but the show came out 2022 and it's like, so apparently it's relevant to, to people or it's just something that they're trying to get millennials to show their kids. Um, mm-hmm. But that being said, uh, I would like to unveil our next movie. It is going Fuck to be, yeah. A musical drama called Dear Evan Hansen from 2021. It is deeply polarizing. The people have been fighting over this movie ever since it mm-hmm. arrives. Uh, it is a 29%. I see 29% by the critics and a spicy, spicy, almost a spicy 90, a spicy 88 uh, from the audience. And um, I don't really know anything about it. <laughs> have you seen this already, Brandon? Yeah, I have. Yeah, the one one thing to know about it that is yeah, I guess would be relevant now for you is that it is the same uh two writer like composers, I guess, as the greatest showman. Right. I did watch the trailer earlier. It was like a three minute trailer I watched earlier today, but I yeah, it's, it's like essentially a song almost, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty much just like has the whole it rises and then key changes at the end of the trailer key and everything. Yep. <laughs> and it says from mm-hmm. the songwriters of the best setting sh- the the greatest showman i mean um which is uh yeah if you go in our backlog you can find that uh in preparation for our movie uh next time uh the synopsis says it's the breathtaking generation defining broadway phenomenon <laughs> it becomes a soaring cinematic event as tony grammy and emmy award winner ben platt reprises his role as an anxious isolated high schooler aching for understanding and belonging amid the chaos and cruelty of the social media age. We will see you next time. If you'd like to uh, watch us do this live, you can see us on twitch.tv slash polarized pod uh, on Twitter at the same place, polarized pond uh, on twitter.com. You can send us an email at polarized the pod at gmail.com. Uh, Brandini, is there anything you want to share with, with uh, the peeps? After this very special Books of Seeks episode, NT2BOS. <laughs> um, uh, no, happy, happy New Year, everybody. <laughs> That's what I got to say. Happy New Year. You said it all with the following the socials and all that, so I don't need to say anything else. Um, I'm very interested about <laughs> what next week is going to hold because 
there's a part of me that thinks that you, this movie might have the potential for you to like really hate it. Uh-huh. So I'm really, yeah. I'm really curious if that's the mode that you do. And then I would also recommend if you have the opportunity, watch it with your significant other. Cause okay. I, yeah, I think maybe she could potentially hate it too. Maybe you like it. To, I'll see if she wants to talk about it too. I know she, we need to have her on for Phantom of the Opera whenever we feel like doing that one. She has insisted that she wants to do Phantom of the Opera. Oh my God. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Speaking yep, of yep, musicals. That works. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm like, this is, this is a, a mystery to me and, and it seems perfect for the podcast because it is so really discreet on it. It seems like. Um, but yes, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we'll yes, see you next you. time for Dear Evan Hansen. We love you. Goodbye. Bye-bye.